Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. May yahdihillahu falamudillala wa may yudlilhu falahadiyala. Wa nashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika la. Wa nashadu anna sayyidina muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu amma ba'd. A'udhu billahi min ashaytanu rajimi bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ وَسَلِّمْ وَبَارِكْ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَزْوَاجِهِ وَذُرِّيَّاتِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ I mentioned to your Imam Mufti Shweb that tonight's bayan I prepared from the works of two great shiuch First, his name is Hazrat Shah Wasiullah Ilahi Badi Ramtane. And second, his student, Hazrat Shah Mulana Muhammad Kamal Zaman Sandar Barkatun. And third, Mufti Shweb is his student, and fourth, I am Mufti Shweb's friend. Allah Akbar Kabira. Alhamdulillah. Why I prepared this bayan, and I try to give this bayan once in every city I go to. Yes, Alhamdulillah, so far, Karachi, Lahore, Johannesburg, Durban. Hmm? Because I feel that the points in this bayan have captured what is one of the major problems that a lot of us are suffering from. So the bayan, in a sense, is about akhlaq, good attributes, good character. Now there are two times in a person's life when their inner attributes, their true character will come out. Either in very good times or in very bad times. Both of these are tests. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala sends very good times on a person. And sometimes Allah Ta'ala sends very bad times on a person. So tonight I'm going to talk about the first test, which is when a person has very good times. In Arabic we call this Halatul Fatah, Halatul Faha. When a person is victorious, triumphant, successful. Put it this way simply, when everything is going just fine, when everything is going just great, everything they wanted to happen, it's happening. Even things that they didn't want to happen, even that's happening. In their deen, everything is going just fine. All the niyyah, irada, intentions they made in Ramadan, alhamdulillah, they're following up, they're following through. They're cruising, they're flying, they're soaring. Everything is going just great in their life. So here also, Allah subhanahu wa takes a test of a person. And this test is a test of their batan, their heart and their feelings and their character. Outwardly, Allah won't tell. Outwardly, it will stay the same. If anything, during this test, sometimes Allah ta'ala even gives more outward apparent success. But Allah ta'ala tests the heart of a person. Shaykh Sadirum Allah ta'ala he was a brilliant person who wrote these small books in Persian. Gulistan, Isadi, Bustan. In our tradition we call them, you can call them in English, wise things. Wise things. So one of his sayings, he took ayah from Quran al-Karim, <coughs> that indeed the nafs is always commanding a person to do evil. So he said that this nafs will command a person to do evil and make them sin. 
then if a person even has protected themselves from sin, is on taqwa, piety, ibadat, obedience, even then the nafs will try to trick the person. And the nafs never gives up all the way until a person dies. So there are some character traits that are very hard to change, very hard to fix. It's going to take a long time. That's why Allah SWT said, that truly, indeed, successful will be that person. Not based on any worldly standard of success. Not even based on if you are alim or you are hafiz or you did a lot of ibadat or you recited so many Quran and Ramadan. Because I'm going to show you another problem can occur. That aflaha man zakaha, successful will be that person who did tazkiyah of their nafs. So first, and we're going to do three things tonight. The first one is called Riyah. Riyah. In Arabic it's called Riyah. In Urdu we call it Dikhava. In English you call it to, to be a show-off. To do something to show others, to impress others. In fancy English it's called ostentation. To do something to display and reveal what you have, to show off and to impress others. That is called Riyah. Now obviously you can't do Riyah in bad times. <laughs> There's not a problem that can come. Remember I told you there's two tests in very good times and very bad times. If you're in very bad times, there's no showing off to anybody. There's nothing to impress anyone with. You're struggling, you're suffering, you're failing, you're sliding, you're messing things up. There's no question of impressing anybody. When does the temptation come to impress someone? Hmm? When does the temptation come to do something for show? When you're doing great. <laughs> when you're doing wonderful. <laughs> And the problem is that the person in front of you doesn't know that you're doing wonderful. And this shouldn't have mattered, because if you're doing wonderful, you're doing it for Allah SWT. But you got disturbed that this person doesn't know. So you started doing it for their sake. You started doing it to bring it to their attention. You started doing it to make an impression. This is called Riyah. In Adin, this is called Riyah. Now if you look in life, Jews, in any part of Quran, what did Allah SWT say? There are two problems people have in their salah. First is this riyah. That's from riyah. That they're praying to show others. They're praying so that others see them praying. And the ayah before this was what? Allah that they forget. This also happens to a person when they're in good times. When they're in bad times, they're very careful about praying. They're struggling. They have loan. The person is coming to collect it. They have problem. They lost a job. There was a big fight at home. Their son had accidents. Whenever there's bad time, the person is very regular and punctual in salah. But when they're in good time, everything is going fine. They get lazy. They're forgetful. They neglect their salah. Hmm? And second thing that happens, that sometimes they pray salah to show off to others. Hmm? Originally, I was about munafiqun, that they didn't even believe in Allah Ta'ala really, but they were pretending to believe. Now what it means is that any time we do riyah, we become pretenders. We're not really doing that amal. Because when you really do an amal, mukhlisina luhuddin. To really do any amal means to do it only for Allah Ta'ala. And any time you do any amal to impress somebody else, that means that act is pretending. It's not real anymore. It's become a pretense. Pretend. 
fake, fake act. So Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi in one Sahih Hadith he said that the thing I fear the most for my Ummah is that they fall into Riyadh. Because Riyadh is Shirki Khafi. This is the part of the word, because Riyadh is Shirki Khafi. Hmm? What does Shirki Khafi mean? So there's one outward Shirk, which you make a statue, your Ma'bud, you make fire, your Ma'bud. Alhamdulillah, Ummah is free for that, Ummah is Ummah of Tawheed. Because there's another danger called Shirki Khafi, that they will put something else in the place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Riyadh, what happens? It's Shirki Khafi. And then Nabi Akram sallallahu he continued, and on the day of judgment, when such a believer is presented in front of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala will tell that believer, that you did these amal not for me. You pretended to do it for me, but you did it to impress so and so. So now you go to whoever you wanted to impress, and you take the reward from them. Who can give reward on the day of judgment, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Hmm? So the Prophet got scared. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he got scared. So much so he said that this is the thing that I fear the most for my ummah. So to understand this, in a separate hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi he told us who is going to be the first people who go to the fire of Jahannam. Those of my old friends, they know we say this hadith a lot. Because we need to listen to it a lot. <laughs> and you people are too scared to talk to me. So if I want to hear something, I have to say it to myself. Hmm? Huh? So what did the Prophet he say? First person. Now, maybe there's somebody who hasn't heard the hadith. If you haven't heard the hadith, you're probably thinking now, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahal, hmm? Nimrud, Fir'aun. You may be thinking, hmm? no, 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 no. <laughs> The first three people who will go to Jahannam are Mu'mineen, Muslimin from Ummat Rasul Number two, they are Mu'mineen and Muslimin who did a very big, big good deed. They did a big amal. But what happened? They did it with Riyadh. They didn't do it only for Allah. They did it for Allah, but also for some other reason. That's the summary of the hadith. So the Prophet explains. Number one, that Allah Ta'ala will call a shaheed, shaheed, and ask him that we gave you this bounty and blessing of courage and bravery. What did you do with it? He says, Ya Allah, I gave my life in your path. I'm shaheed. And he's true, it's true. Literally gave his life, he subhanallah, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Indeed. So Allah Ta'ala will say, You did. Yes, you did. But, you also did it so that people would remember you and call you brave and courageous. And it was said about you that you were brave and courageous means you got what you wanted. Then Allah Ta'ala will tell the angels to take that person and drag him and flip him and cast him head first, face first into Jannah. Waj, face first. Allah Kabira. He is shaheed, yes. He's mu'min, yes. Ummati, yes. He did it for Allah, yes. Did he do it for Allah only? No. So what did he do it for also? To impress somebody. After he died, after his life would be taken, 
to impress somebody that they should remember him as brave and courageous. Hmm? Janam, first person. Can you imagine? Now, me and you, we don't even have any amal that big as shahada. Obviously, we're live right now, we're talking to each other. We don't even have it, forget even if we did it with ikhlas or not, we did it with riya or not, we don't even have big amal like that. We don't even have it. Second, second person who Allah SWT will call the Day of Judgment. So it's Qari, Alim and Da'i, all three. Qari slash Alim slash Da'i. Ta'allam al-ilma wa'allamahu. They learned knowledge, they taught knowledge, waqara al-Qur'an. And they used to recite Qur'an to the people. So it means reciting Qur'an means to the people, so I'm calling it Da'i. I'm calling it Da'i. Alim, Qari, Da'i. That we gave you these bounties and blessings you could learn, you could recite. And he would say, yes, Allah, I used them to learn deen. And then I taught deen. Ustad, Madarish, Shaykh, Alim. And I yes, I used the bounty you blessing gave me to learn Quran, recite Quran, teach Quran to people. Allah said, yes, <laughs> yes. But you didn't do it only for me. You did it also. So people would call you Hazrat, Mufti, Shaykh, Maulana. Allah Akbar Kabira. You did it so people would be impressed with you. Hmm? And they were impressed with you. They would come to you and say, Oh, mashallah, Shaykh, such good bayan. Hmm? They were impressed by you. It was said. So tell the angels, take that person, drag them to Jahannam, flip them and cast them face first into Jahannam. Allah Akbar. Ya Allah, ittalabi ilm, ta'allama. He's alim and ustaz, allama. Qari Quran, reciting and reciting to the people, da'i. Very few people can be one of these things or two of these things. This person is all of these things. And did their whole life on it. It's in Sahih Muslim, this city, Sahih Muslim. Allah Akbar Kabira. Third person, what? Generous, generous person, charity. Satala say, I give you so many bounties and blessings, what did you do? I gave them Allah. I donated a lot of charity. I say, yes, you did. But you didn't do it for Allah only. You did do it for Allah, but you did it also so people would say, oh, mashallah, such a generous person, that your name would come on the poster. That your name would come in the plaque. Your name would come in the list of donors. Hmm? And it was like that. People used to say that about you. You got what you wanted. You impressed who you wanted to impress. They were impressed. Allah to the angels. You take him. You drag him. You flip him. And you cast him face first into the fire of Jannah. Now you understand why Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu he said, the thing I fear the most from my Ummah is that they should fall into Riyadh. Hmm? I understood why we told you it happens when a person is in good, good times, great. These are huge achievements and accomplishments. Shahada, ilm, kirat, dawah. Hmm? And generosity, khidmat of the society, of the community. Hmm? Community leader, charitable giver. Huge amal. But they did it for other people. Hmm? Najib. 
So there are different types of riya. Different types of riya. Worst type of riya is called riya in iman. That was those munafiqeen we told you about in Medina Manawra initially at the time of the Prophet they known as munafiqeen. They just pretended to have iman. Worst. That's what Allah said in Quran al-Kareem. They are in the lowest, lowest level of Jahannam. Alright. Second is to have riya and amal that we've already shown you and through this hadith. Third is to have riya and ilm that also shown you in this hadith. Riya in dawa, riya in khidma. All of that is there. The lowest level is to have riya in dunya. Worst is the worst to have riya in deen. And worst is to have riya in iman. But also people have riya in dunya. So example of Riyan Dunya is if somebody is wealthy, but the person in front of him doesn't know it, they just happen to be meeting together, they're sitting together in Arafat, so you have to say something to make sure he knows that he's wealthy. Hmm? Sometimes even our Mashaid, they give small example, if somebody comes back from Hajj, and they're talking to you, and they're, or just generally they're talking, they could just say, oh you know, when I was on Hajj this happened. But what do they say? When I went on Hajj for the fifth time, this happened. Or what happened? Just you, he had to give you the extra piece of information that he's been on Hajj five times. Yeah? Yeah? You know, in life there's some things that have to be 100% pure. There's some things that 90% is good. In school and university, many times even 80% is considered top mark. But there's some things in this world that it has to be 100%. So for example, if a doctor is going to do an operation on you, and he says, you know, this scalpel knife is 99.5% germ-free. Let's go, we just operate. Why should we wait? Huh? You'll start screaming, right? But he'll say, oh, young man, it's 99.5% germ-free. 99.5% has been sanitized. You said, doctor, this is my body, blood, bacteria, germs, even I know these words. What are you doing? You put it back in and wait till it turns green and it's 100% sanitized. So there's some things in life that even 99.5% is not good enough. So maybe just use one word for you, bacteria. You know you get one bacteria inside, you get sick sometimes. It could be, can happen. Huh? So when the bacteria is inside, 99.999999% of you is just fine. And point zero 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 one percent is bacteria. So this is real. This is what it is. And who's going to take the test? Allah on the day of judgment. Like in this world, they have CT scan and MRI. So Allah Taala will look inside the person's heart and every amal that they did in the book of deeds. Every amal. Everyone. Was there real? Was there not real? Was there real? Was there not real? Ajib. Allah Kabira. So question arises. That how is it shirk? Hmm? It's a very strong word. How is this shirk? So first way, this is shirk. Is any time you do something, you were supposed to do it to please Allah. This you have heard all the time, for the rada of Allah ta'ala. The person who has riya, he does it to please makhluk, to please someone. So he puts someone in the place of Allah. That's called shirk. That's what shirk is. To put something in Allah Ta'ala's place. So you're supposed to do it to please Allah Ta'ala instead of doing it to please someone. He did shirk, he put 
So what? Second reason, that he did it for Riyah, out of Riyah to show off and impress. What did he want? He wanted the people should praise him. But Allah tells the Quran, Alhamdulillah, all praises are for Allah. He wanted that it should be praised him. He put himself in Allah's place. He did shirk with his own self. Can you imagine? Allah Akbar. So the first one he put somebody else in Allah's place. He's trying to impress. Second he puts himself in Allah's place that I should be praised. Now you understand the shirk? <laughs> now you can understand? Why Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he used this word for it. Shirk khafi. I'll tell you another thing about Riyadh. Riyadh has a lot of evil in it. A lot of evil. And a lot of the other evils come from Riyadh. So I'll give you for example greed. See, Pakistan, India, South Africa, you will see this. That there is one super elite class, super rich. Hmm? Too rich, ultra rich. But the question is that how, suddenly people ask the question, how much greed can a person have? Right? So does you wonder they keep taking more money, more money, more money. You hear about corruption case, ten million dollars. How much greed could a person have? So the answer is not greed. <laughs> greed maybe was the first one, two million. After that it's real. They're just doing it to show off. They uncovered that oh he has an apartment in New York and an apartment in London and a house in Johannesburg and a house in Paris. But that's not greed. Greed is you want to enjoy more, like when we eat. And if you stuff yourself, that's greed. You eat greedily. But at least it's going in, right? Riyah is you just want people to know that you have these things. You're not even enjoying it. So Riyah causes evil. Evil to take place. Because to have that crazy amount of greed, and then it goes beyond its Riyah, they become ultra-rich. Who do you think? At the expense of the poor. For that one person to be ultra-rich, about 10,000 people have to become poor. Yes? For the billionaire, you know, for a person to be a billionaire, what does that mean? I'll give you a new definition of billionaire. Billionaire is that human being, by definition, for him to be a billionaire, it's necessary that 10,000 people should be poor. That's called a billionaire. I'll give you a new definition. Nobody in economics will give you this. Yeah? Huh? Allah Akbar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be on that list that's published in some stupid magazine once a year. That's it. That's how much it is. See? So I give you an example. It's evil. It's an evil in this world. And it will hurt a person on the day of judgment. So what should we want? We should want that we should have zero real. And we should be scared. And the Vyakrim Sallallahu was so scared for us. We should want it. We should have zero riyah. So alhamdulillah, these great messiahs, Hazrat Shah Wasilah al-Bali Hazrat Shah Malakam al-Zaman al-Rakatu, then they mention cure. That's the best part. So after mentioning, there's much more they write about this, then they mention the cure for hayah. Cure number one, that a person should to protect ourselves from riyah, is that a person should have haya be ashamed in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember their sins. Because no doubt, there are many things that might be impressive about a person, but there are many things that are unimpressive about a person. 
There are many things that the other person knew, they wouldn't be impressed by you, they would be repulsed by you. There are many things about you, if the other person knew, they wouldn't praise you, they would be upset with you, they would denigrate you. <coughs> so we should remember those things. And then as much as we try to hide those things, we should try to hide those good things. So go back to that first, that second hadith. So let's take the one who was generous, right? And he wanted people to know he was generous. So Sayyidina Rasulullah, he suddenly explained another cure, that when you give charity, you should give in such a way that you give with your right hand, and your left hand doesn't even know you give. <laughs> a perfect cure for real? Give with your right hand, such that your left hand doesn't even know you gave it. Allah Akbar And many of the shuhada, they used to just go and better, and that's it. For the sake of the sponsor, nobody would know. Nobody would know. And that third thing, that's not to explain to you, but is to explain to myself, and that's what these Messiah do, they would explain to Alim Qari Da'i, that you must erase your nafs. You must erase your pride. You must not think of yourself as anything. And that is something that were you to meet him, the Shaykh Kamar Zaman Sahib is a master of. He doesn't view himself as anything. Sajib. Huh? It's so strange. Zero riyah. Allah Ta'ala keep him in a fazl. Allah Ta'ala enable us to also have that same thing. And it's very hard. The more high you are, and the less to view yourself. And this is the Sunnah of Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was the greatest of all creation and he was also the most humble of all creation. Most humble, most soft, most gentle, but greatest. Imam al-Anbiya wal-Mursaleen, Sayyid al-Awwaleen wal-Akhirin. Allahu Akbar. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Most humble, most humble. Second, way to cure Riyah is to have more sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Means that whatever good thing you have, instead of using it to impress others, use it to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, you're so kind on me. Even I have many flaws, many mistakes. You gave me this good attribute. You gave me good skill. Hmm? Make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright, so this is number one. First one was Riyah. Second, second in Arabic it is called Kibr. Kibr. In Urdu it is called Kibr. Huh? And in English it is called Pride. In English it is called Pride. Hmm? Kibr. And there's something different from Riyah. Kibr means to view yourself as something and better than others. Hmm? Arrogance. To view yourself as something and better than others. And sometimes it goes so far, this kibber, that you view yourself as best, better than all the rest. Hmm? Even some people reach that level of kibber. Huh? View yourself as best, better than all the rest. Hmm? Now the strange problem is in this day and age, the dunya in its own very subtle way tries to put this kibber in us. Right? Getting you to do the first sentence, become the best. This half of shaitan's work for him. First part, become the best. <laughs> so become the best at what you do, best student, top student, top doctor, top imam, top of class, top. Hmm? Run the best business, hmm? 
Why? Because once that first sentence, the first part of the sentence is done, become best, very easy for shaitan to just whisper in your mind that you are better than the rest. <laughs> then you end up on 100% kibber. Not just kibber. 100% kibber. Hmm? 100%. Even there, like I told you, those alim and them maybe have been 0.01% real, but the person who was a billionaire, that's 100% real. 100% very quickly goes up to 100%. Okay. This also has been mentioned as shirk khafi This is also a type of shirk. So same question arises. How is this shirk? So number one, because all of us know, Allahu Akbar. Al-Akbar. Al-Akbar is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All kibr belongs to him. He said, Kibriya'i is my cloak. No one can dare try to enter it. But it means that the Kibriya'i is my domain. And no one should dare even try to trespass. Hmm? Hmm? So when a person has kibr, they put themselves in Allah Ta'ala's position because he is the one who is great. And this person thinks of themselves as great. Now Allah Ta'ala to cure this in Quran, He taught us, Khulakal insanu za'ifa. You are not great. You are weak. <laughs> Human being is weak. Allah Ta'ala tells us in Quran, Ya ayuhannas antumul fuqarao ilallah. That, oh people, you are fakir, you are needy, you are dependent on Allah Ta'ala, you are not great. Hmm? Second problem, this is a very shirk. Problem that comes from Kibber is that this person enters into delusion. And because they notice their one greatness, they start forgetting the rest of their sin. They're so focused on their one greatness. So we have had cases like that. Sometimes there's a man who's very successful in dunya and he's so caught up in that success he doesn't realize how unsuccessful he is at home. He's very successful at work and because he focuses so much on that success he's not aware that he's not being successful as a father and not being successful as a husband and not being successful as an abd and not being successful in his salah and not being successful in his dua and not being successful in Quran because he's fixated on his success that he hasn't done hmm? Give it. blind the person make the person end up into delusion another evil that comes of kibar there's the other evil, other sins like envy and jealousy these things come because the thing is so great if somebody else gets something it causes them to burn why does somebody else get that? Because I'm the great one. Think Iblis. This happened to Iblis. He thought he was so great that Allah Ta'ala gave him to be Adam salam a certain daraja, maqam, rank. So Iblis kind of said, but I'm the great one. Why did you give something to him? All of this comes from kibber. Another strange thing that happens when it's kibber in deen. So kibber in deen means when I'm a great Allah. I'm a great Abid. I'm a great worshipper. Alright? So this is called kibber and deen. Great zakir. I make thousands of times and thousands of zikr in it. Hmm? Even once I remember there was a person who he said about himself, comparing himself to shayukh. That I make 10,000 times zikr. This particular zikr you mentioned. You were thinking he was great? So what happens when a person keeps thinking they're great, that Allah Ta'ala takes away the tawfiq of that very same amal. 
the same amal that they were doing, that they thought, and didn't make them good, very good, but they weren't supposed to notice it about themselves. When they added the label to themselves, great, hmm? then they lost the amal itself, that they put the label on. Hmm? Then they end up with nothing. Then they end up with nothing. And the last evil that comes from kibber is they stop being gentle and kind to other people. This is called takambur. The highest form of kibber. Takambur. So kibber meant, if you remember, to view yourself as great and better than the rest. Takambur means to view yourself as great and better than the rest and treat the rest in a demeaning manner. To treat the rest as if they're lower than you. That's called takambur. And then when that happens, there's no gentleness, no kindness, no compassion. Oh, the whole interpersonal relation gets destroyed because of the evil of kibber, which is the end, which is known as the kibber. All right. So then the Messiah they mentioned cure for kibber and the kibber. Cure number one is that we must reflect that we are forget great. We're not even something. Our reality is we are nothing. So the Mashaik they mentioned this ayah from Quran Kareem. Hal ata ala insani hinam min al-dahri lam yakun shay'am madkura. That was not there time before, in the passing of time, when you were nothing. <laughs> you didn't exist. Nobody even remembered you. Nobody even mentioned you. Your origin is nothing. How can you think of yourself as something when in reality you are nothing? Second, they say that you should remember your weakness, that you can become ill any time, that you can, you need to go to sleep, that you need to eat. You, you're, you're not great. You're mortal. Number three, think of the day of judgment. And the day of Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu will punish the mutakabreen, that he will crush them. He will suppress, squeeze, stamp them, stamp out the mutakabreen because of the arrogance in the arrogant one. And then another beautiful cure is that you should make yourself be gentle to others. And if you're gentle to others, others mean not your close family, not your close friends. Others mean strangers. Being gentle and kind and caring and generous and compassionate to strangers. Hmm? And then this will reduce your kibber and the kibber. And, and it's reverse also. If you find it difficult hmm, to sit and eat in the same plate from a stranger, if you, from fellow Muslim, right? If you find it difficult to be kind and generous with stranger, be that's a sign, alamat, that you have the kibber and the kibber inside of you. Hmm? Kibber and the kibber inside of you. So this was the second one. And third and last one for tonight, it's called Ujub. Ujub. Raya, Kibar, Ujub. In Arabic, Ujub. In Urdu, Ujub. Huh? And in English, vanity and conceit. So Ujub, apparently, it's less intense than Kibar. Ujub means to view yourself as something but you don't actually view yourself as better than anyone. You don't view yourself as better than the rest. In that sense, you're humble. You don't view yourself as better than the rest. You don't treat others as if they're less than you. You don't do that either. No kibber, no takabur. But you do view yourself as something. Yes, something. The name is called vanity, called conceit. Hmm? 
So the most baby example, if, if we were to tease like high school students, is you look in the mirror and you think you look good. Does that mean you think others are ugly? Right? Huh? Okay? But you enjoy it. Alright? This is called ujuk. This is called ujuk. Vanity and conceit. Alright. The question is, how is this shirk? Hmm? This seems to be outwardly, apparently, a little bit lighter. Hmm? Apparently, outwardly, a little lighter. So, it's the same, similar thing, like we mentioned you earlier. Alhamdulillah. All praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means, if you have any attribute that is something special, it's not yours. Allah gave it to you. It's a difference. You know, if you have, if I give you a pen, it's not your pen. It's a pen, my pen that I give to you. Now, when somebody sees you with the pen, they will say it's your pen. But the truth is, it's my pen. And I gave it to you, and I can take it back. Hmm? You might have a good attribute, no doubt. The person might say, Oh, you know, you did the perfect job. You laid the carpet out beautifully. You designed the curtain beautifully. And yes, you did it because you had skill, right? Your talent, that's ujab. But it's not yours. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala gave it to you. It wasn't, you were born with it. Allah Ta'ala gave it to you. And you can take it back. You can take it back. Hmm? So this is one aspect in one way that this ujab is considered a type of shirk. Alright. Now, Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanvir he mentioned that ujub is the most difficult thing to erase. Most difficult. Last thing to go. Final stage in Tazkiyah is to erase ujub. Because it stays. It stays and stays and stays and stays and stays. When? When a person is successful indeed. In good times, in great times, when they are successful indeed. So what is the cure for ujab? Hmm? What is the cure for ujab? Number one, that if you have any goodness in you, you must remember that that, I already explained this to you, that that goodness came from the fazl, karam, tawfiq, inayat, the generosity, grace, dain, gift of Allah SWT. Gift of Allah SWT. Number two, Ajib, listen to the second cure. That you have goodness in you, but you have no idea whether Allah Ta'ala will accept that from you on the Day of Judgment. So maybe you did a great recitation of Qur'an, but you know that Allah Ta'ala accept it, that Allah Ta'ala will like it? You don't know that. You know that you like it, that's why you, you know that you like it, that's why you have vanity. But that Allah Ta'ala like it? You have no way of knowing that. No way of knowing that. Just to make you scared? Secure? Third, you have no way of knowing in the future, but you have istikamat on this. Will you be able to do it again? You don't know that. Fourth, you don't even know this much about the future. Will you even die in iman? You don't even know that. You know, Nabi Akrim he said that towards the end of time, one of the fitna will be that a person wakes up in the morning in iman, and before they go to sleep, they lose Iman. Now what does that mean? That Iman could be so easily lost in one day, same day. Hmm? They said the same day delivery of that super express. Hmm? Next day delivery was express, and same day delivery is super express. So this person can super express go from Iman to Kufr. Hmm? 
Jeevatna. Same day. Wake up with Iman and go to sleep without Iman. And then if you go to sleep without Iman, then all the talent, skill, whatever you, zero. <laughs> it all turns into zero. Allahu Akbar Kabira. This is a cure for Ujjab. Another cure, Mashaik mentioned for Ujjab, is to recite Salawat Durud Shrif on the Biyakreem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is a slightly different type of cure. This is through Barakah. This is cured through Ruhaniyya. Why? When we call you, that Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he has zero Ujjab. You are as Ummati. So one niyat intention you can make Whenever you recite the Rishif Salawat, is that I'm reciting this why? Out of love for the Prophet out of many things, but also so I can become more like him. If you make that niyyah, then inshallah every time you recite Salawat, Allah Ta'ala accepts niyyah. The Prophet himself said, لِكُلِّ إِمْرِئِ مَا نَوَاقِ That every person will have what they intend. So, Ya Allah, you told me in Qur'an, that I have to follow his sunnah. Right? I will try to follow it. I will try to learn it. I will study it. I will follow it. Plus, I will also recite the retrieve salawat with this intention that every time I recite it, my batin follows his batin. My character becomes more like his character. You can make me it like that. When you recite the retrieve on Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa so these were three things we were told you about tonight. One is called Riyā, one is called Kibar, one is called Uchak. And the problem is a lot of us have a lot of these things. And you would know the Prophet ﷺ, he said that no one will enter Jannah if they have even mustard seed, means atom, of Kibar in their heart. Huh? 0.0001% they will not be able to go to Jannah. So what does that mean? It means they have to go to Jahannam first. They won't stay there forever. Even that first of these, I told you those first three people, Shaheed and Alam, Kari, Da'i and Generous, they don't go to Jahannam forever. But they go in Jahannam for as long as it takes for the fire of Jahannam to purify them of that sin of Riyā or Ujjub or Kibar. So that's one way to go to Jannah. And there's another option that no, instead of getting purified, Tazkiyah, through the fire of Jahannam, rather I would like to get purified Tazkiyah through Taqwa and Ibadat and Zikr in this world. So two ways to go to Jannah. Either you do Tazkiyah in the dunya or you get Tazkiyah in Jahannam. Two options. You want Tazkiyah in dunya or you want Tazkiyah in Jahannam? Two ways to go to Jannah. Obviously, everybody will know that you pick Tazkiyah in dunya. So I will now give you the prescription and formula of Tazkiyah taught by our Messiah. So if you're just starting your new, you just have to make two or three small Tazkiyahs. Number one, some istighfar, seeking forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, hundred times a day. Some Dhrur Shreef Salawat, seeking forgiveness of Allah SWT, hundred times a day. Then you can make La ilaha illallah, hundred times a day. You can make some zikr which has tasbih. Tasbih means the word subhanallah. Such as subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa Allahu akbar. 
such as subhanallah wa bihamdi subhanallazim 100 times a day all right you should recite quran every day as much as you can when you can do more you recite more when you're busy you do you can only recite less you recite less you should make duas duas from the sunnah duas from quran kareem this is the basic starting and then a person who does this there's then there's more zikr you can do then you go to mashayikh and they can teach you more zikr and more zikr more tazkiya more tazkiya but you should start and the beginning is for anyone anyone and everyone can do it because we have to do some daily zikr and like what you did tonight you have to sit sometimes and listen to some nasiha and if you do that you sit in good company and listen to nasiha and you do some daily zikr this will begin the journey of tazkiya and after tonight you can make niya that you want to target that tazkiya on the riya kibr and ujr riya kibr and ujr that is in our heart may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify all of our hearts from every sinful attribute may he fill our heart with the sunnah feelings of the bikrim sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa aakhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin remember Forgive us for all the sinful feelings. Forgive us for all the sinful attraction. Forgive us for all the sinful temptation. Forgive us for even the slightest whispering of our nafs. Forgive us for even the slightest whimpering of our nafs. Ya Rabbi Kareem, from your karam and fasl, give us tawfiq, Ya Rabb, to make all the amal of tazkiyah. And Ya Rabb, accept it from your rahmah. And then you yourself, Ya Rabbi Kareem, you do our tazkiyah. Stamp out our nafs. Silence our nafs. Ya Rabbi Kareem, cure our nafs. Grant us a nafs to matma'inna, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, ask that you cure our heart from every spiritual disease, from every spiritual illness. Take out all the riyah from our heart. Take out all the kibr and takabr from our heart. Take out all the ujub from our heart. Take out all the unlawful lust and unlawful love from our heart. Take out all the anger and jealousy from our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, fill our heart with the sunnah gentleness. with the sunnah kindness with the sunnah hayab nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our heart with love for you love for quran love for deen islam love for nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam love for his sunnah love for his sahaba ya rabbi akram take out all the untrue loves grant us all the true loves Ya Rabbi Kareem, you are our true beloved. Make us your beloved, Ya Rabbi Kareem. We want to be mahboob to you. We want to make you razi with us. Be pleased with us. Be happy with us. Send your mercy on us. Send your hidayah on us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, if ever in our life, ever we treated anybody badly, we treated them that they were less than us, or we thought that ourselves we were better than them we make toba ya rabbi kareem give us tawfiq to make it up to them ya rabb if we're unable to find them or unable to make it up to them ya rabb from your own hidden limitless treasures we ask that you put amal in their deeds 
put khair in their deeds, grant them kulb to you, make it up for on our behalf, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, make that for all of the Muslims in this community. Ya Rabbi Kareem, they put barakah in their homes, barakah in their hearts, barakah in their time, barakah in their risk, barakah in their ilm, barakah in their amal. Ya Rabbi Kareem, put peace, love and harmony in the hearts. Make this masjid, Ya Rabbi Kareem, a center of nur, center of dhikr, center of tazkiyah, center of Qur'an, center of sunnah. Fill the halls of this masjid, Ya Rabb, with muttaqeen musalleen, salihin musalleen, zakirin musalleen, mukhlisin musalleen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make dua for all the imams and shiuk of the masjid, accept their work of deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, honor the sacrifices that they make. Raise all of the children of the community on deen. Make all of the children, Ya Rabb, from your salihin and salihat, from the zakirin and zakirat. Ya Rabbi, make dua for the whole Ummah, send your Rahmah on the Ummah, Maghfirah on the Ummah, Hidayah on the Ummah, accept us for the Khidmat of the Ummah and for Dawah al-Deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takammal minna innaka anta sami'u al-Aleem. Watubu alayna innaka anta al-Tawab al-Raheem. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Amen.